the word that will change my life forever. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. This week, um, two of my boys were just fighting like a ton. I don't know what was going on. It was like Friday afternoon. And they were just, I would separate them and talk to them. They would just get right back at it. Finally, I separated them in two different bedrooms. I said, you go there, you go there. And I went in there and I was sat them down and I had them look me in the eye and I just began to bring words, 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 words. And I'm sure they're sitting there like this woman is so full of wisdom. The revelation she is, I know they were thinking that this is a wise woman and I love what she's saying. No, that's not what they were thinking. They were thinking, can you stop talking? I don't like being reprimanded, but I, I dealt with each of them. They each had different issues that were going on. One was full of um, a lack of gratitude and he was just complaining continually. So he had to write a list. His, you know, like discipline was he had to write a list of five things that he was deeply grateful for. So he wrote like my clothes and my shoes and you know, the basics. And, and he turned his list in and the other son, I was dealing with him because he was just being aggressive. He was just being physical with his brother and, and, and he's bigger than him. So he had to write a list of why it's not okay to punch your brother in the head no, he didn't punch him, but you know, they wrestle and they do these headlocks and he's bigger than him. So he wrote a list about why it's not good to um, do this. And his list said, cause I could, could cause a scene. That's what he said. It's not good to punch my brother. Cause I could cause a scene. Yeah. You caused a couple of scenes, but, but I was giving them words and they wrote words back to me and words on paper and words flying out of the mouth and words have power. And what we say matters. It says in Mark eleven twenty two, we shared it last week. So Jesus answered them and said to them, have faith in God for assuredly and remember we said assuredly is like kind of saying like, check this out, check this out. It's when my kids are like, for real mom, you got to listen. Cause he's about to say something that sounds a little bit too good to be true. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. I just want to make note. I love that in this portion it says, he, who, he says, whoever says, whoever says, no one is disqualified from this. God doesn't leave anyone out. He's saying, whoever says to this um, mountain, be removed, it will be done for them. You know who all things are possible for? There's two people that all things are possible for, for God and he or she who believes those two people, this is for saying and believing are a powerful combination. Now, when we start to talk like this words of faith and, and how we speak, some people can get a little bit uncomfortable. Like, Hey, this kind of sounds like that name it and claim it movement. You ever heard of those type of people that back in the day got a bad rap. I remember pastor Jack Hayford talking about when he wrote his spirit filled life Bible, I think it's called that there was about 60 people, um, all of different backgrounds, Pentecostals, Lutherans, all different backgrounds that kind of came together and weighed in on this Bible. And there was a couple of people on this team that were from that faith movement that was kind of like, see it, say it, it's going to happen. And they got a little bit of criticism. 
because they knew that inviting these couple of people to the table could shed a bad light on the development of this Bible. But, you know, you don't throw everything out just because of something. So they said, no, we're going to trust that these people have something to say and let them weigh in. And that Bible went on to be so successful and have so much to offer. Um, So we don't, we are not talking the name it and claim it type of faith. And I'm going to get into that because as I was developing this on top of Pastor Jerry's word, this is our senior pastor's word. I felt that we needed to understand a little more as people of faith in Jesus Christ. We are committed to believe we're called believers. We're not called doubters. We're called believers. What I mean that is that we're not to sort through the Bible to find out the parts that aren't for today. You know, we go like, oh, no, that doesn't work for today. That worked for back then. No, the Bible says that we believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe the word of God is timeless and eternal. We believe, like Paul wrote to Timothy, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It is profitable for doctrine, for instruction, and for things that will bring us in the pathways of righteousness and pleasing God. This is all scripture. We are dealing with the word of God is given to us and is full of promise right now. So we are best to receive it that way. Jesus's emphasis in this portion of Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus is dealing with life's obstacles. He repeatedly says to them, say, 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 this does not mean that we repeat in some sort of a chant that we're trying to convince God to do this. No, we're just coming in to say what the word of God already says. Confession of faith, you could almost say not just words of faith, but confession of faith is just saying what God already says. When we become born again, it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we're saying what he already said and we're coming into agreement with that. We're not chanting at God. We believe that when God gave the promises in the word of God, they are given. And then we speak it. We take what God's word has said and make a declaration with it. The key is what's in your heart. What's in your heart. You know, if you have a word problem or a saying problem, you usually have a heart problem. So God gives us his word and beautiful stories all throughout his word that are this. He says, these are still for today. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for you today in 2019. This is, we sometimes approach it and go, that is antiquated. That only happened for them. But you have to approach God's word as if it's a promise for today and you receive it that way. And then it says in Psalm 102, I love this. It says, let this be recorded. This won't be on the screen for a future generation that a people yet not yet created may praise the Lord. These things are written down. It says for future generations that we could read them in our life today, read about these guys talking to a mountain or cursing a fig tree and not be like, is that for today? Do you, does God still work like that? The principles are the same. And you, when you receive the word of God, you receive the promises of God. And sometimes promises are written in there. Like when God told Abraham, you're going to have a child and, and told his wife, Sarah, and you're going to give birth. Now you might think, well, I don't, I'm, my name's not Abraham. 
and I don't have a, I don't have a wife named Sarah. So is that not for me? Well, that specific promise, it was for Abraham, but God's word gives us principles and what it was speaking to was barrenness. So when you read that, you can say, God, your promise is a principle that you will deal with barrenness. So I can lay a hold of that. It wasn't specifically to me. It was to Abraham, but all of God's promises are what? Yes. And amen to those who believe. So when we read the scriptures, we can read and go, God, if you did it for him, you could do it for me. If you brought into a place that was barren, you brought life, you can bring life into my barren places. But we have to approach the word like that. And with that, um, that hunger about God and his ways, he can bring life out of barrenness. He makes us those promises. So that's what we're talking about. Anyone in the room ever had a situation where you were believing God for something and it came about in a way that you didn't see happening, but nonetheless, God fulfilled that promise. It didn't happen how maybe you thought it would happen. Maybe you thought it should be a little bit quicker or, or it should happen in this way, but nonetheless, God fulfilled that promise. That is the way we believe. We don't believe in God. It must be done like this and this. This and this, the promise rises up on the inside of you. Faith is developed. And I'm not saying, God, if you don't do it in this way, you're not true. People get like that. No, I'm hungry for you, Jesus. You are the source. I believe your promises are real. I've laid a hold of it. And how you want to do that and how you bring that to pass, I am just resting in the promise. And I'm anchoring myself in that promise, however you want to do it. Thank you, Lord. It all works out different ways sometimes than we thought it was going to, but it all comes together. You know, when you're looking at a tree, you know what type of tree it is based on what? The fruit that's on the vine. You look at a tree and you go, that's an apple tree because there's apples on that tree. The same thing with us, the things that are on the inside of us, the seed that started at something will eventually bear fruit on the vine that says what you believe on the inside of you. We've got to say the things that God is revealing on the inside so that it's evidenced by the fruit in our life. What we're saying matters. Our word, it, it matters what we're speaking out. We have this awesome potential to bear fruit that what we believe on the inside and what grows inside begins to show outside. And our mouth is the best indicator of what we believe out of the mouth flows the issues of life. The confessions of faith, faith that says, God, I believe you. I've heard you. And so when you have that, you don't change what you say from day to day. When God begins to give you a promise on the inside of you, your mouth will reflect that you have heard God and you don't change your mind. You know, if you're believing God for a new vehicle, say you said, God, this old clunker has got to go. And I heard you speak that you have a provision for me for a new vehicle. And then some time passes and then you maybe don't see that thing coming to pass. Do you start changing the way you talk? Well, God, I'm just happy to serve you. Maybe this good old car is, is good enough. You know, we begin so quickly to change our confession of faith, the words that we speak. And the Bible talks about in Hebrews, this is one of our main texts today. Let us hold fast 
to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. That is a word for some people today. I really felt strongly. Some of us so quickly, when you don't see it manifest in your time, you begin to change your language and you lower yourself to your circumstance rather than let hold fast to your confession of faith. I talked about last week when I was diagnosed with thyroid disease and they put me on this medicine and I had this mass growing in my neck. And so I was taking this medicine. It's one year, it's two years. But as soon as I got that report, I knew I will not be on this medicine the rest of my life. I said, cause I had evidence in my heart. I remember I shared a promise that God had given me. If you honor your father and mother, it will go well with you and you'll live a long life on this earth. So I had evidence on the inside. I laid a hold of that promise. And then when the circumstances on the outside began to look like you got a disease going on, you got something growing in your neck and they're suspicious it's cancerous. So now every six months I had to go in and get this thing, a needle biopsy and go to the lab. And I'm doing that one year, two years, it's growing bigger. And, but I didn't begin to then say, Oh God, maybe Maybe this is no way, no way, no way. My, what I was saying was matching what I was believing two, three years in, I was still seeing that thing, but sure enough, it only came a matter of time. I went back in, they said, this has been so clean and, and normal. Every time we biopsy it, you don't need to come back anymore. And in fact, I weaned myself off of that medicine under doctor's supervision, of course, but I didn't do it rapidly. But I just knew God had promised me something and I wasn't going to change my language to then be based on the circumstances I was seeing on the outside. And it's been 10 years and I don't have thyroid disease. Sometimes I go in because I like to go to the doctor. I I like managing self-care. I'm very into, hey, I don't mess around with that stuff. So when I go in for anything, I say, hey, doctor, can you run me up a panel of my TSH, which is your thyroid hormones, which is what I had to do all the time when they were dealing with this thyroid disease. So I could run me up a panel of thyroid disease because I just love to click on Kaiser and see them say, um, range within normal, range within normal. And seeing that I don't have medicine, that my body was made to flow in optimum health. And I had a promise from God that it was well with me. So then I began to see on the outside, my outside had to catch up to the evidence on the inside. And it always does. It always will catch up to what you're believing on the inside, but you don't waver. Don't you waver concerning the confession? If God has promised you something and given you a word, you hold on to that. No matter what you see on the outside. I remember uh, imagining like a little shoebox style thing. And when I was getting set free from the fear of lack, I stood like on this little thing and would say, I'm standing on the promise of God until I see this manifest in my life. I'm going to stand on your word and stand on the promise. And God gives us these promises. This book, this Bible is this collection of stories. So you can see yourself in God's story and you can see him being faithful generation after generation so that your hope can arise. Our confession means to say the same thing, or in this case, 
When I confess the word of God, I'm saying, I'm going to say the same thing that God says. I'm going to say what God says. In other words, I'm not going to talk differently than his word. I'm not going to talk out of two sides of my mouth. Jesus didn't talk out of two sides of his mouth. I'm going to say what God says. I'm not going to counter the power of his promise with negativity and fears and doubts. You can be real. God likes you to be real. But when you've got a promise from him, you got to watch your mouth. You got to watch that you don't sow out fear and doubt and negativity. Now you don't have to be fake about it. I'm not fake. I'm not fake about these things. I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, I I believe that you made this promise to me and and I'm seeing some things, but I I believe your word and I work at this thing. I don't start saying, God, you never came through and look what happened there. And it's just always like this. I don't speak like that. That would be dishonoring to the promise God gave me. That would be dishonoring to my heavenly father. The Bible says in Matthew 19, with God, all things are possible and with God, all things are possible for he or she who believes. Praise God. We cannot back down when it comes to what we're believing for. We got to be like pit bulls. What do pit bulls do? They grab onto something. They don't let go. They lock that jaw down, right? And they don't let go of that. That's how you got to be when God gives you a promise. Be like a pit bull. Don't change your language. Hold fast our confession of hope without wavering. I knew my request was God's will to heal me. I knew that was in according to his will. So I stood on that and I have seen the manifesting of that healing in my body. Don't change the story because what you see on the outside, let the outside line up to what you're seeing on the inside. Do you remember that little toy, the see and say? I was thinking about that. There was this toy. We used to have it in the nursery where you'd pull the lever down and this little arrow would go around and then it'd say it'd land on a cow and it'd say cow, you know, and kids love it. They just pull that. Does anyone know the see and say, I even loved that it was called the see and say. So I'm saying in my life, I've seen something. So I say what I see, not on the outside, but what God has revealed on the inside. So they, it kind of, I didn't flip it around and say, Anna has thyroid disease. No, I said, Anna is healed in the name of Jesus. And it's just a matter of time till the doctors and evidence will show on the outside what God has revealed on the inside. Praise God. What you believe and say will be done. Even in the story of Lazarus, when Lazarus was dead and Jesus comes on the scene in John 11, it says, therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, he knew, he already knew. He didn't need to, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? He knew. And he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of man may be glorified through it. He said immediately what he knew on the inside. And sure enough, these things he said after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them that Lazarus was dead, but he called him forth. Didn't he? He said, Lazarus, 
get up and come out. You know, we had to call him by name because there was probably so much power and authority in his voice that if everyone dead would have risen up. If he just said, dead man, come out, everyone would have come out because there was authority in the words of Jesus. And there's authority in you to speak and to say the word of God. You're not saying anything that he hasn't already said. This isn't name it and claim it. Give me a million dollars. No, you got to, you don't do it like that. God gives you a promise, sometimes a humble promise, sometimes a little promise in the dead of night. And you say what he's revealing to you. The promises in his word. You don't just making up stuff to be weird. We're not like those people. This is about Jesus. This is about Jesus orchestrating you into the promise and the fullness of the life he created you for. The power of one's confession is not rooted in one's words, but in one's relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus. There is creative power to the word of God. The problem is when people become more concerned about the results and then the results of that faith and their relationship, they're more concerned about what God is going to do for them than being concerned about the author and finisher of their faith. We've got to keep rooted that this is not just about your words. It's about your relationship to Jesus. And if you have a relationship to Jesus, he's speaking to you. You know that we talked about that last week, that you approach God's word and you realize that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. It doesn't say faith comes by hearing the word of God. It says hearing faith comes by hearing and hearing your ability to hear comes by the word of God. So what you're gaining in the word is you're hearing from God. When you read the scriptures, remember I said like the Italian, are you talking to me? When you read the word of God, And something leaps off the page to you and you can go, I'm not just reading scriptures. I'm hearing God speak to me right now. He's been speaking to me. He's told me a word. My favor is with you. Ask and it shall be done for you in a situation I'm in right now. Anna, my favor is with you. Ask and it shall be done. So I heard that on the inside of me and it made me feel confident to approach this situation knowing God has spoken things all throughout the word. But until you hear it for you, then that promise becomes alive to you. It's not just that the promises are written. If that just them being written was enough, then we'd all have everything that's written. It's you getting in the word of God, pursuing your relationship with Jesus and seeing him speak through the scriptures. You ever read a portion of scripture in one season? And you hear something and then you approach that word, say a decade later, and you're like, whoa, that's saying something totally different because the fresh breath of God, it says all scripture is God breathed. You can imagine his warm breath, his like his today breath on the word, getting it to you. So he's saying, I'm speaking a fresh word. I know what season you're in. I know the circumstance you're going through. That's why we read our Bibles every day. I don't want to miss his fresh breath. I don't want to miss the word spoken in season that I need. I want to hear him speak. So then when I encounter an obstacle or whatever's coming my way, I'm ready because his promise came and faith came inside of me. So you come out, whatever it is, full of confidence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Yeah, we want to know Jesus. We don't just want to see, I'm not after him just for what he can do for me. I want in those final, you know, when he says there's, there's going to be people that stand before him and say, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? And what does he say? I don't know you. Oh, that scared me. I don't want to pursue him for the, the power and those. I want to pursue him because I love him. That my relationship with Jesus, everything flows from that. Not the other side of that, what you can do for me. But I want him to say, I knew you. I know you. I know your works. We ha- I, I, like, I want to be familiar. And I want him to be familiar with me. John 15 says this, I am the vine. And you are the branches, except you abide in me and I abide in you. You can do nothing, he said. But if you abide in me, here it is again. And my words and my promises and my life abides in you. Then you shall ask, you shall say what you will and it shall be done for you. But you got to abide in Jesus. This is the key. This is everything. Staying close to the true source. Not for what you can get out of him. Not because it's like, God, when you give me that car. No, because God, you've given me your presence. And you've spoke to me in the dead of night. A promise I'm supposed to stand on. So that's what my delight is. My delight is hearing from you. And then these other things flow from that. Let us hold fast. Our confession of faith, our saying what God says. Let us hold fast to that. There's a Greek word, and it's something like kateko or something like that. It says to stick firmly, to keep, to hang on fastly. And the word of God would say to some people today, don't you give up. I know you're not seeing exactly what you thought you would see by now, but don't you give up. There is a promise right around the corner that God will fulfill, but you cannot stop believing. You cannot start letting your mouth go to what you're seeing on the outside. You got to be full of the word of God. You got to hang on that promise. You got to speak life into that situation. It's so important what we're saying. God didn't, and and it's important what we're praying too, but you can't pray and, and, and then come out and say something that negates exactly what you prayed. It doesn't work that way. And this is powerful that God would say that your, your saying should match what you're praying. And these things should be in one accord. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He didn't speak to God about the fig tree. There's sometimes you speak to that thing, mountain of debt, this situation, you can speak to those things. You can speak to God about those things, but you can say some things. He said to the tree, be cursed. And it was cursed saying is important. And I don't know about you, but I think I spend a little more time saying than praying. So we got to make sure if we're spending more time with our saying than our praying, that what we're saying is in alignment. They, people were amazed at Jesus' words. It says they recognized that his words possessed a unique authority. Jesus didn't talk out of two sides of his mouth and neither should we. We got to stand firmly. We got to hold fast our confession of faith. 
And this didn't just apply to Jesus. Other people were saying stuff. Listen to this in Mark 5, the woman with the issue of blood. It says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitudes thronging and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. She said what she was believing on the inside and right there. And that happened immediately for her. Right then she was healed. Oh, but you say, but that's still in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was there. Well, listen to this. This is young David who was anointed king of Israel. All his brothers in the armies were scared of this giant Goliath. He hears other military men talking about what the person who kills Goliath is what it's going to be given to him. So no one's talking like that. No one's talking big, but little David comes up and he starts talking big. This isn't Jesus. This is David. It says in first Samuel 17, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away their reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. Look at this guy so bold he said he's saying things he's saying big words your servant has killed both a lion and a bear and this uncircumcised philistine will be like one of them seeing that he has defied the armies of the living god david's not thinking "Ooh, what should i say this could end up in the bible someday i gotta say something real good i gotta talk real book big no he had evidence on the inside of him he was speaking according to the faith in his heart he was speaking big because he had big faith. What are we saying in our conversations? How are we keeping our faith on the inside in alignment with what God wants to do? In and through you. I feel some people this morning receiving the joy that these stories of faith were written to show you the potential to live in your own story. That's why the Bible is so good. You can read it. It says it's the same yesterday. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're hearing miracle stories, money just being shipped off to someone because they said, I believe you, God. And this is this is true. And this isn't like some like I said, we're not preaching a name it and claim it. Our hope is in Jesus. And when God gives you a promise on the inside of you, I would expect this, the people of the rock South County to take him at his word and confess and say what he says, not what you think or feel, but what God has said to you. When I was at our baptism, 
event in August. Um, I, I love listening to what the people of the Rock South County are saying too. It matters to me because we're proclaiming that God wants to do wonders among us. And you know me, I'm just, I'm foretelling all the time the vision that God has shown me about the church here. And so we're at our baptism. We had a great baptism, um, more people than last year, you know, things like that, not necessarily baptized, but just in attendance and some of our team members, I heard them overheard them saying, man, if the, we're going to have to have more team members next year, I don't even know if we can handle this on our own, the way things are going. And I walked by and I thought something's happening because what we're saying now is alignment with what we're, people are believing on the inside. No, we're not going to have enough people just like that to handle next year's baptism because God is moving and more people are being touched and there's going to be more people being baptized. And I don't know if we can do a nacho bar next year. We might have to hire some more help. Do you know what I mean? They're saying what they're sensing and believing on the inside. Some of us are not in faith or hearing God's promises at all because we're not seeking after him. He has so much he wants to reveal and say to you, but you got to get with him. You got to align time to, to quiet your heart and say, what are you saying to me? This week I spent some time. I feel you saying you want to overflow me in some areas. God, how, where, how do I access that? What do I need to do? What are you saying to me? And I began to write and share my heart with him. You got to take the time to hear from him. He wants to speak. You do not have to concoct faith's actions. God is the one who does it. And your relationship with Jesus is the power source from which it flows. You do not what he, you just do what he says and lay a hold of the promise he gives you. You do what he says. And when he gives you a promise, you don't waver concerning that promise. If he's told you it's going to be well in this relationship and you felt evidence of that and you've seen a glimmer of hope, hope and faith are interchanged. When you begin to have hope for a situation, faith rises up on you and you can have hope. No, this relationship is going to be well. So even if you don't see it on the outside and it might even look sometimes like it's getting worse before it gets better, you hold fast your confession of faith and you believe God These guidelines instruct one to receive the promises that the Holy Spirit speaks to their heart. Once one is secure in the promise, they are to speak what they believe without nullifying it with negativity. One then is to walk forward with praise and worship, rejoicing and resting with God, living in faith with eyes focused on their relationship with Jesus, not the faith. You focus on Jesus. So I'm going to walk through that once again very quickly. These five points. First, you receive the promise that the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. You receive a promise. God has spoken something to you. Receive that promise in your heart. Secondly, when the conviction is secured, you don't just have to start talking. You know people like that. Like before they even begin to have an assurance, they just start talking, right? As soon as the conviction is secured in your heart, then... You speak what you believe. In Psalm 116, it says this, I believed, therefore I spoke. I believed, therefore I spoke. And don't get worried. You know, people have this thing like, well, I said I'm sick. And now is God like up in heaven? Like, oh, hold up, hold up. She just said she's sick. Now we're not sending her healing. Be careful, friends, of thinking like that. That is a condemning way to think. God does not 
does not deal with you like that. He says he gives you a promise. And when that promise is secure in your heart, then you speak. Wait on God to secure you in those things and then speak according to that security in your heart. Don't annul what you've received and spoken by saying otherwise. When we say, we say what he says. We just say what the word says. We come into agreement with the word. Fourth, walk forward with praise and worship, rejoicing and resting with God. And fifthly, until the answer comes, living faith will find its fullness in the Lord himself. Living faith will find its fullness in the Lord himself. He, I, one time I asked my dad um, as a young woman, because my mom was like my world, you know, as a teenager, it's like the whole world centered around her, the fridge, our clothes being clean. No, I'm kidding. But she was just the center of our home. So I remember approaching my dad one day and just feeling this like, dad, would you just die if mom died? Like, what would you even do? And this is before I was married and you understand like, dad, would, would it just ruin your whole life to live without mom? And, and my dad said to me, Anna, Jesus always has been and always will be more than enough for me. And I was so offended. I was like, you're so mean, dad. How could you say that? You don't love mom, you know? But now as a a grown woman who's walking in faith with God, I realize the Lord himself has been the satisfaction of my life. And every good thing he wants to overflow to me is a blessing, but he has been and will always be more than enough. And isn't he just good to give us more and more and people to love and beautiful people to be surrounded with. But Jesus is the cornerstone. He is the rock of our life. He is everything good and true. And I don't seek him for his benefits. I seek him because I delight in him. I heard a great pastor say there was this runner and they were talking about how he was like winning all these races and doing so well. And they said something like, you must just be so disciplined. Oh, look at the discipline to be such an, such an amazing runner. And he's like disciplined. I delight to run. I run because I delight in it. Discipline flows from delight. So I, for me, I don't get to Jesus because I'm disciplined and I am, I have my reading plan. I delight to be in his presence. I delight to hear his voice in the barrenness of night when I'm facing something and I'm facing things just like you are. And in the dead of night, I don't do this because I'm disciplined. I long to hear his voice speak life and promise into situations that might feel barren and hopeless. And all he is faithful. If you will set aside the time, he will speak life to your heart. He will promise you things that you think, how are we going to do that? He says, you stick with me. You hold fast your confession of faith. Don't you get negative because what you're seeing greater is he that has spoken the promise to you than what you're seeing on the outside. And you'll begin to see wonders. You're the, we're the key here. We can just get into unbelief and, and negating it and Not that your words, but God wants you. You have got to participate with him in this life of faith. Victories of faith are not to be worn like badges. They're to be taken like crowns. 
and put at Jesus' feet. Every victory he gives you. We don't, I don't wear this like a badge. Oh, this is humble. This is a crown to be laid at his feet and said, look what you did again. You spoke this. All I did was believe you at your word. And look what you did. I take no credit for the victory. All honor, all glory, all power goes to Jesus. He's almighty. He can increase in no way. He's everything. Alpha, omega, the first and the last. We can add nothing to him. And he's saying, I'm with you. And I'm speaking to you today promises that will flood in your heart. And when it looks barren on the outside, you just say what he already said. You say what he said. There's praise God. All I know for sure is it all starts and ends with Jesus, the author and finisher. And he's invited us close and he's grafted us in. You're part of his story I mean, if there could be stories written now, we would be in this book. Oh, look what I did for Shane and Megan. See how I've been faithful to them. They believed me in this situation. And look at the overflow of their life. They have story after story. You can have story after story of standing and believing God. Even when it looks dark, even when we don't see fully, God's word is true. He's faithful to his promises. Don't you back down. Don't you back down. You receiving the word this morning? Anyone in the room had a promise for God they're still waiting on? I remember reading about Paul. He said, three times I asked the Lord about this thorn in my flesh. Three times. I One time I came and said, hey, what about this? What are we going to do about that? Three times. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace. So if you're in the waiting, if you're still waiting for the the promise has been spoken, I know there's not a person in this room that God hasn't spoken promises to because I know him. I spend time with him and I know he loves you and he has so much for you. And I know he's trying to get, speak things to your heart so that you'll, you can arrest them. So I heard your voice. You're talking to me. And you hear it, and then life changes. You can move out. Once he's spoken and you're secure in it, you can begin to speak. I heard the Lord speak. He told me what he's doing with this mountain of debt. He told me what he's doing in this barren relationship. He told me what he's doing in this affliction in my health. And I'm not going to negate or speak negatively about what God has already spoken. I'm going to say what he says. Do you receive the word this morning? Isn't that good that we, that, that the disciplines of, of this, they flow from delight, just delighting in him. He's so wonderful. I tell him sometimes if you, you know, there's different places where I've gone to share, um, speak or share every time. He's just like, just go there and just kind of talk about how I love you and how you love me and what that looks like to be loved by God and to have a relationship. I was like, that's not really that deep, Lord. He said, it's so powerful, Anna. It's so significant. He just wants us to display who he is, his nature and his ways to a world that they don't know this kind of language. They don't know how to talk like this or receive like this. And it's not a name it and claim it. It's when he speaks to your heart and he surely will. You receive the promise on the inside. 
and you let it be secure in you. And once you've caught it, you speak and you don't let your words nullify the very promise he gave you. And you hold fast that confession until the outside matches up with the inside. And it always does. It always lines up. What you say and believe, it will be manifest in your life. That word manifest is so Christian. And so like I heard someone say manifesting and I was like, I can't show that video. And then I'm saying manifesting. But that just means you begin to see it. It becomes evident. Um, to everyone else it shows. So praise God. Would you stand to your feet as we close? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. The author and finisher. It all starts and ends with you. Thank you for writing us into your magnificent story. Thank you, Lord, that that you've spoken promises to each individual here and they're, and they're hearing your voice and they're beginning to catch it. Um, and we sensed um, victory. Some of our uh, prayer people today just sensed victory in the, in the house of God that, that there's just victory coming and there's, there's things that you're believing for. And I just want to say, I'm not, I'm not getting caught up on the time frame of it because God's doing a full work in people. So we don't say, Oh, tomorrow. I mean, the woman with the flow of blood, 12 years, and then suddenly, right? So suddenly sometimes take a long time, but in the meantime, we hold fast to Jesus. We pursue the Lord himself, his voice. I uh, remember I said last week, we don't just ask for rescue. We search for majesty in his voice. And that's the powerful thing that in your moments that his voice will come and, and it'll level every circumstance. You know, when God speaks, you're like, Oh, this, this thing is leveled in me because I've heard from the master. I've heard something of a promise and nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you when you've heard from God. Faith is rising. The victory is yours. But we must pursue his voice and hear from him. So everyone in the house today that has a promise from God, would you stretch your hands up before the Lord? So God, you see every hand raised in your holy presence this morning, God. And I just thank you for the promises spoken over your people today. Let it be, Lord, according to your word. Let faith arise in the house of God this morning that he who promised is faithful. You're not like man that you should lie. You are faithful to your word and we're so delighted to say what you say and hold fast to our confession of faith and to see you work and move. We bless you today, Lord. We bless you today, God. You are everything right in this world. You are everything we long for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.